You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. Oh, my. We're back on The Pipeline Show. We go from the trade deadline activity in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League to uh, the Ontario Hockey League. Things just wrapping up this morning as I'm speaking with you right now. It is uh, Friday. Uh, and, uh, of course, all my CHL insiders are brought to you by the thestorenextdoor.ca out in Yarmouth, Nova Scotia, employing people with disabilities, taking hockey sticks, transforming that junk into some really cool products uh, for your man cave or your sports bar, whatever you might have. Uh, give them a look at thestorenextdoor.ca. My guest today, Chris Abbott, no stranger to the Pipeline Show, but the first time he's joined us as an Ontario Hockey League play-by-play guy, now, Chris, welcome back to the Pipeline Show. How are you? I'm good, Keith. Thanks. It's great to be back. Yeah, you talked about moving from the Quebec League to the Ontario League. I had the opportunity to do that this year, so not something that I think uh, a lot of junior guys do. So it's been pretty neat to uh, to get to know the OHL as I, uh, as intimately as I knew the Q. I think you're right. I don't think there are a whole lot of broadcasters that go from one CHL league to another. I know AJ Jakubek, who's in Ottawa, has done it. He was out here in Edmonton and, and did some work with a couple other teams and is with the 67s now uh, and TSN 1200 in Ottawa. But outside of that, I'm, I, I'm trying to think of other guys who have done it. Sean Mullen, rather, spent some time in the OHL but wasn't a broadcaster there, and he was in Swift Current for a while. But uh, you're you're almost yeah. a pioneer. <laughs> Quick shout-out to AJ as well. I know he's been having some uh, yeah. some battles with uh, with his health, but I think he's, uh, he's on the mend now. So uh, that was really good to see as well. Yeah, great to see for sure. Uh, before we get into all the uh, trade activity, is there a – a noticeable difference between hockey and the Q and the O? You know, people have asked me that, and I don't think there really is. I I, I think it's very, very similar, the way the game is played. Um, you know, there's all those stereotypes that the Quebec League is uh, all these French guys buzzing around, and there's no defense being played, and, you know, there there's a few Atlantic Canadians out there fighting, but it, it's really not anymore. Um, you know, you, you've got as many hard-nosed French players as you've got hard-nosed Atlantic Canadians. Like, I look at a, a Bo Gru who just went from Halifax to Moncton Lake, cut from the national team. He's as hard-nosed as any player you're going to meet. So um, I think some of those stereotypes are a little bit overdone. I think with uh, the fact that all these players get together with Hockey Canada, um, you know, at the under-16 or under-17 level, um, I think the game is, is pretty standard uh, across the country. And, and the Memorial Cup in Halifax last year, I think we really saw that as well. Chris Abbott, my guest uh, here, we're going to uh, recap what's happened in the OHL with the trade deadline now that it's come and gone. And uh, big trades in the queue, big trades in the OHL as well. We're still waiting for some of the blockbusters in the dub. But uh, with the OHL, there were definitely some big names uh, who have moved and, and uh, gone from team to team. Uh, now, you're in Hamilton. You're covering the Bulldogs. Expected to make a, a move or two, but pretty quiet, actually, at the deadline. The only thing the Hamilton Bulldogs did was trade Kitchener's second-round pick. Uh, by the way, for those who don't know, you cannot trade first-round picks in the Ontario Hockey League. Um, so a second-round pick is as high as it gets. Mm-hmm. So Hamilton traded Kitchener's second-round pick in 2020 to Owen Sound, who had uh, North Bay's second in 2022 and Owen Sound's third in 2024. So really, they did nothing, um, which is a little bit surprising. Arthur Kaliev, who was a star for uh, USA at the recent World Juniors, um, he, he was leading uh, the team in the league in scoring before he left. He came back this week in his first game against Niagara. He had five assists. So I thought he would be a big chip. Obviously, Steve Stales didn't get the offer he was waiting for. Um, everyone fell in love watching Jan Unique play hockey in the Czech Republic for his home country at the World Juniors. 
I knew and we knew here in Hamilton that that was the kind of player he was. Looks like he's out for the year. Nothing's been completely confirmed. Um, so we thought maybe we'd see both of those guys get moved at the trade deadline um, where Hamilton was kind of in, in a rebuild mode, of course, not far off an OHL championship. But uh, really, really interesting to me to see that they stood pat. Obviously, Steve Stales didn't get the offers that he needed and he wasn't going to just give players away. Well, they didn't get anybody from via trade, but they did bring in a player from the uh, World Junior Championship and a pretty key guy for the uh, 2020 draft, too. Yeah, they took Jan Mishak in the uh, in the import draft, the European draft, whatever way you, whatever it's officially called, import draft these days, mm-hmm. I think it's called. Uh, and uh, everyone's really excited to get a look at him, draft eligible. Uh, last year after the World Juniors, Jan Unique joined the Bulldogs, and this year Jan Mishak is going to join them. And, uh, you know, he, he may not be Jan Unique right away, but I'm sure he's going to help fill in in the top six for Hamilton, which uh, they found their scoring touch recently. It was a real challenge for the team over the break with Arthur Kelly of Jan Unique away. Head coach Vince Lace said, uh, somebody's got to step up and score goals for us here. You know, they played six or seven games without those guys, and uh, the offense was, was pretty good. Uh, Todd Bertuzzi's son, Tag Bertuzzi, really starting to come into his own as well. All right, we'll watch for that. Uh, now, the Bulldogs really not doing a whole lot at the deadline is significant because the they're in fifth place in the Eastern Conference. The four teams ahead of them all did make big moves. Uh, of all the trades that happened uh, here in the last two or three days, what's been the biggest in your opinion? I think the biggest one, uh, certainly with the most assets as well, is Phil Tomasino going from Niagara to Oshawa. Mm-hmm. Um, this is interesting because the day before Oshawa trades Sarah Noel, uh, arguably their top four, they trade him away, and then the next day they bring in Tomasino. Um, the idea behind that, and, and you know, I think it was eight draft picks in total, the idea behind that is that Oshawa appears to be ready to bid on next year's Memorial Cup, and uh, they believe Tomasino will be around next season. Noel will not. So Oshawa not really building for that run this year, but getting some things in place for next year. It was a great move for, for Niagara as well, because not only did they trade Phil Tomasino, they traded Akil Thomas to Peterborough. Peterborough needed uh, some more. They're a really good team. I think they're a team to watch out for here in the second half. The Peterborough Peets, I've had the opportunity to watch them a lot. Um, Akil Thomas is only going to help them. And Niagara's restocking the draft cupboards uh, along along the way after they had given up a lot in a in a fruitless run uh, or a hope to run for the finals last year. So those are those are two really big uh, moves, both in, involving the Niagara Ice Dogs. Now the Ottawa 67s are in first place in the conference. Uh, they score the most goals in the conference, and apparently you can't score on Ottawa. They've given up only 91 goals to this point in the season, and the next lowest in the conference is 136. So that that's a massive difference. Uh, and yet they uh, they also did some uh, movement at the deadline. Uh, what did the 67s do? And and does does anybody have the firepower now to catch them? Uh, I think so. I mean, they're a really good team. Obviously, they've got um, Andre Torini, the the former Gatineau, uh, excuse me, the former Rouen and former Halifax head coach in the queue. He's been in Ottawa for a couple of years. They look like they were on their way to the finals until they were uh, disrupted uh, the injury to the goaltender last year. Um, but, you know, Ottawa tinkered a little bit. They, uh, they, they sent away Quinn Ewell to Flint for an eighth. And, um, you know, they, they already had a really strong team coming in here. So um, they've got Marco Rossi, who's now the leading scorer in the league. 
He's someone to watch out for. Um, they added Dalen Grew is probably their biggest move. I haven't seen the young man play for Mullen Sound, but uh, just adds to their depth. They already had Kevin Ball there, the uh, Team Canada defenseman, and Cedric Andre in net. So they play a, they play a good game, but one thing to be cautious of of the teams in the Eastern Conference in the Ontario Hockey League is that there has been some weaker sisters this year. North Bay, Kingston, Niagara, even all the way up. Like Hamilton isn't on the same level as the Peterborough, Sudbury, Ottawa's. So while these teams have great records, um, it might be the Western Conference where the strength lies. Interesting. Uh, now, th- some surprises uh, that the some players didn't get moved. I was surprised Thomas Harley didn't get traded out of Mississauga. There doesn't seem like they're going anywhere, and I would think he'd uh, bring them a pretty good return. Were you surprised? I'm a little bit surprised that Thomas Harley wasn't moved, but uh, from what I understand, the asking price was really high, and nobody was interested mm-hmm. in paying it. I actually had the opportunity to watch Thomas Harley just last week. The Steelheads played a home-and-home home with uh, with Hamilton, and boy, it's a pleasure to watch. Um you know, it's one of these things where these guys may only be around for a couple of more months in the league as well. Like he, he may very well move on after this season. So um, teams have to, A, check and see if they have enough in the coverage to make those moves, and uh, B, decide if it's worth it. All right, uh, Chris, let's go to the Western Conference. Uh, the Spitfires are in first place, uh, but uh, it's uh, certainly a tighter race in the West than it is in the East. Uh, not a lot. I think it's 12 points separating first from ninth uh, in the conference. So uh, lots of parity there. And again, there were some uh, some big deals. Anything stand out to you immediately? Uh, well, I think the big thing is that Saginaw was really, really active. And, uh, you know, a lot of times the, the American teams don't quite get the the um you know the press that they deserve but they brought in nick suzuki's younger brother today from barry yeah. ryan suzuki and uh you know he's a carolina prospect first rounder so i think that's that's an absolutely massive trade there was uh four eight you know 12 13 assets going around in that trade but of course he is the uh he's the big one to talk about barry moved a lot of guys out actually um, but Suzuki is a, is a big move for Saginaw there. They were, they were quite active and they were already having a good season. Uh, the Guelph Storm, they didn't do a whole lot here in the trade deadline, but, uh, they play a really, really tight game. And of course, Nico Dawes, their goaltender, he didn't have the best start to the world junior, but, uh, he's got the best numbers in the OHL. So we'll see, uh, we'll see if anyone can uh, handle Guelph's. Uh, style of play as we get into the playoffs uh you know and winter keeps right on rolling along they're the standard right now they're 52 points second in the ohl behind ottawa so uh we'll see what happens there in kitchener uh, since the coaching change they've been on an absolute roll they're 22 11 3 and 2 right now uh the addition is sarah noel so the kitchener rangers could be a sneaky team in the western conference too I was intrigued at when uh, Guelph sent the uh, Marcus Phillips to London, and then they now today they picked up uh, Hugo Haas or Martin Haas, I guess, in the uh, OHL uh, out of the World Junior Championship. He comes over, and and uh, North Bay had his rights, but they shipped his rights off to to Guelph. So I imagine he lands there with the Storm. That was just interesting, sort of uh, shuffling of the deck chairs uh, with uh, imports. Yeah, you know what? We saw a lot of that, uh, you know, guy, big guy, big names coming in and out of different teams. Uh, the Haas edition, interesting. North Bay is also emptying the cupboards. Uh, they finally moved on from Stan Butler after 22 years yeah. um, in December. So a lot of things are changing in North Bay. Um, Haas hadn't been playing with North Bay. He'd been playing in Finland, I guess, when the uh, opportunity to play in Guelph came along. 
Um, you know, they, they made some room for me. Yeah, Phillips comes back from the East Coast League, goes to London. Uh, you know, the London Knights are still lurking, too. You can never count out the London Knights. So even though they're in fifth in their conference, uh, we'll keep an eye out for them. And uh, I talked about North Bay. Sudbury, of course, has Quinton Byfield, and they're trying to insulate him. And North Bay had a player named Brad Chenier. He's a veteran in the league. He was acquired by Sudbury yesterday. I like to call him uh, the OHL's Brad Marchand. Like he's uh, really good at getting under your skin. Incidentally, he happens to be named Brad as well. Right. Um, he might help open things up for Quentin Byfield a little bit in Sudbury, who, by the way, does a pretty good job of opening things up for himself with the way he can skate. I know it didn't uh, show as much at the World Junior Tournament, but he's only 17, and uh, he sure is a pleasure to watch play the game of hockey. The Wolves also picked up Matty Pekash from uh, the Barry Colts, and and that's a, an interesting pickup. I think they traded five assets to get him, but that's a guy who uh, should have an impact there and to help support that uh, byfield offense. Yeah, absolutely. They, and they they paid a heavy price: two seconds, a third, a fifth, and a sixth. So um, yeah, Barry again was very active in in moving guys out. And uh, I haven't had an opportunity to see Petcash in person, but I've uh, heard nothing but good. So, you know, the Sudbury Wolves, again, uh, not a team that's in a market that is, you know, always having success or gets a lot of play, but um, they should be a team to uh, should be a team to watch come, coming down the stretch. Speaking of that, the Flint Firebirds were off to such a great start <laughs> at the uh, the beginning of the year and have really had nothing but, you know, uh, tumultuous uh, activity on and off the ice uh, since their inception uh, into the league. Uh, but they this year seemed to be different, yet they've slipped down the standings. Again, it's very tight in the West, so you slip down three or four spots, you're still very much in the fight. But uh, what do you make of uh, what they've done at the deadline, and, and do they have some, pardon the pun, but firepower to uh, you know be a, a, a dangerous team in the playoffs? Well, looking at Flint's roster coming in, they, they had Riley Piercy from Barry, who had 13 points in 35 games. Um, Owen Lalonde from Guelph, who uh, came over earlier in the year, not quite at the deadline. So, you know, they weren't overly active. Uh, Tyler Tucker, they get from Barry as well. Ty, he's the big add-on, 29 points. He's all automatically in uh, in the top handful of scorers on the team. So uh, that that's from the back end as well. So he's mm-hmm. uh, their number two defenseman score um we'll, we'll see what happens with flint uh the, again you know you've got ty delandria there so uh that's a name that people will recognize we'll, we'll see we'll see i haven't seen them come through so i can't give too much uh, in terms of their style of play just as much yet but like you said in the west uh, it's wide open I, i'm gonna think the team that eventually gets through the west to the final is going to be pretty beat up by the time they get there so uh that's good news if you're an ottawa 67s or peterborough peach fan that's for sure Lastly, Chris, I know uh, in Hamilton there's been some uh, news here over the last uh, 10 days or so about the building and the situation with the with the ownership, and it seems like it's unsettled. I don't know how much of that is just sort of negotiating and posturing and things. Uh, from your vantage point, uh, uh, where are things at with, uh, with the team in the city? Yeah, for sure. Well, Hamilton, uh, you know, like a lot of cities, is a vibrant downtown. They've got the – they play out of the first Ontario Center, which is the new name of the old Cops Coliseum, which we're all – um, you know, I have very fond memories of Gretzky de Lemieux and all that good stuff in 87. But yeah. uh, the building is old, and it does need to be replaced. So they're looking to bring it more uptown. And Michael Anlauer, who's the owner of the Hamilton Bulldogs, and he was the owner when it was in the AHL as well. Um, you know, people have have very good thoughts about him. I think he's been an excellent business owner in the city. Um, so people are kind of turning on city council who recently 
um, denied the request to build a new rink there. And, and I guess it's, uh, you know, a lot of people can, can think about this from their own town. If, if you want to take something out of the downtown and a lot of our downtowns are, are, you know, old and people are moving away from them, whether it's parking or what have you. Um, so this, the city council of Hamilton is trying to keep a, a building down there. Um, I don't think that, you know, re-renovating or reinvigorating Cops Coliseum uh, First Ontario Centre is the answer. So, uh, you know, it, they're in tough, but I know I saw some media this week. Well, maybe we'll have to look outside Hamilton. And most people in junior hockey markets have heard that from their owner at one time or another. And they usually end up staying and figuring it out. Awesome. Chris, I really appreciate your time once again. Great to have you on the show and uh, hoping to uh, have a chance to talk with you down the stretch and into the playoffs, too. Absolutely. Uh, you call me anytime. You know I'm good. Good to talk to Chris Abbott once again and a terrific rundown of everything that happened uh, this week in the Ontario Hockey League. And again, like we did it with the at the end of the Q segment, a bunch of games last night in the Ontario Hockey League and some of the new players on their new teams had an impact. I know Nick Suzuki, or Ryan Suzuki, rather, had a couple of points in Saginaw's victory over Flint. 7-4 final there. The Oshawa Generals beat Sarnia by a score of 4-3 in Phil Tomasino with a couple of goals in that one for his new club. The Sudbury Wolves, an 8-2 thumping of North Bay and Quinton Byfield, uh, wasn't just traded there, but uh, of note, had a couple of goals in that game as well. A couple of goals also for uh, Ryan Merkley, in London for the Knights, uh, traded there, well, that much earlier, a couple of months ago, actually, but still having a positive impact uh, for the Knights. Eight games in total yesterday in the OHL, seven more today. So maybe we'll see more goals for players uh, with their new teams, and uh, the stretch drive in the OHL is going to be pretty exciting. Huge victory yesterday, 9-6, the Ottawa 67s over the Guelph Storm. That's 15 goals. There's math for you, uh, but that's a lot of offense. Uh, from two very, very good teams. All right, let's uh, end the show with the Western Hockey League uh, trade deadline results. Lucas Puncari, who is a beat writer covering the Prince Albert Raiders, the defending champs, they were busy this past week, as were several teams leading up to the Western Hockey League deadline. Let's get an update next here on the Pipeline Show. And Doc will get back to it. Doc at his blue line. Comes to center, ducks around Leeson, in over the line on the wing, trying to go wide around. Pahal gets in front, shoots and scores! Ah! Oh, let's go! Kirby Duck puts hand to the ear as if to listen for the booze from the crowd here at the Art Harris Center. But what a brilliant individual effort by Kirby Duck! And the Blades have opened the scoring in game two in Prince Albert. I'm Kirby Duck of the Saskatoon Blades, and this is the Pipeline Show. your weekend with WHL Hockey Action. This Friday night at 7, your Edmonton Oil Kings face off against the Prince Albert Raiders at Rogers Place. Then, Sunday afternoon, the puck drops at 4 for a showdown against the Medicine Hat Tigers. Don't miss your shot to see the Oil Kings live. Friday at 7 and Sunday at 4. Great family entertainment at Rogers Place starts at just $20 a seat. Save on day of game pricing now at oilkings.ca. 